Welcome to Google Explorations. I'm your host, Tony Peters. Today we're going to be doing a two-part series with actress, author, and coach Walker Brett. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit about her book, Awaken, as well as her testimony, what God's currently doing in her life, and uh, how God has really just worked throughout her life to bring her to the point that she is at now, and talk about why the verse Matthew 19:14 is important to her. And that verse is, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. This is part two of that conversation. It just, it's, I think it's maybe the human spirit, you know, that we just tend to go, oh, I'll try this, you know, I can do this. And it's like, um, and I think that that's what we're supposed to be doing because we're here and this is, it's being allowed. It's part of the journey. When do you get to the point where you finally just let go and understand that maybe we're, you're being carried the whole time? <laughs> yeah well and, and and trusting god to be like to be like this is this is where I, I want you to go like this is where i'm leading you and, and having that open mind to be like okay god uh, okay god i see this i get it and uh it does take a lot of sometimes a lot a lot of swift kicks to, to to get you in the right direction sometimes but uh you learn from those those mistakes and i like to say that is part of, of life is learning those mistakes and and uh learning to just accept that you know okay god i, I hear you uh, <laughs> and uh in chapter seven of your book awaken you do speak of a pivotal moment in your life do you want to tell us a little bit about this pivotal moment yes so i was seven years old and we um had we were going up to sacramento auburn outside of sacramento for a wedding and it's so interesting. Here I am in my 50s. And I'm it's so clear to me because I remember, I just remember that moment. And I was, this was a very difficult time. There's a lot of abuse happening, a lot of just a lot of abuse in my life at that time. And we finally arrived at this wedding party. And uh my older sister and I, my mom and my stepdad, and very rarely did my mom, she was very protective. Uh, like a mama bear in many ways and very violent, <laughs> but she was very protective of us. She never let us go um, around other people. She did. When we were up where we lived in Santa Barbara. I would go from eight o'clock in the morning and be back before dark at five. You know, we were really, you know, I'm the generation where the PSA it's 1030. Do you know where your children are? That's my generation. <laughs> that happened in my generation for our parents. So I didn't expect this to happen, but one of the, uh, my mom let me go, uh, run an errand with a lady who saw me outside by myself. And I was just, you know, I was in a strange place and all these people, and there's this interesting thing that happens. And I think I wrote about it in the book too, is when you're kids and you walk into an environment with a bunch of adults, it's like, all of a sudden, everybody looks at you. You're the kids. They give you that kind of kid smile. And then they just go back to talking, you know, it's like, Oh, the kid. Okay. And then they're back and you just kind of, you're standing there as a kid. And if you don't have cousins or any other kids there, it's just like the most awkward experience. <laughs> so you wander, you go outside, you see if there's any food, you just want to, you know, you just try and find somewhere you're not so feeling so awkwardly uncomfortable, right? Can you relate to that? Yeah, yeah for sure. Totally. So that was the experience. I'm outside and then this lady comes up to me and she, she said, I never met her before. And she said, hi. And I said, hi. And she said, what's your name? I told her my name. And she said, um, welcome to our house, you know, to this, I'm glad you're here. Um, and she just asked me, you know, we just talked for a few minutes and she said, well, I have to go run an errand. Maybe you'd like to come. 
And, and I said, oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I don't know if my mom will let me. She usually won't let, let us go anywhere. And she said, well, let's just ask your mom. And it was the most bizarre thing. She goes up and asks my mom and says, I'd like to take your daughter with me to run an errand. I just have to go pick a couple things up. And she said she'd like to go. Is it possible? My mom said, okay, sure. <laughs> it was like, what? I'm so used to hearing no, no. You know, that was like the most said word in, in my life as a kid was no. And uh, and so I went. And as we were in the car, she asked me if I had received Jesus as my savior. As we were driving along, she, were, she started playing music. She, it wasn't instantly, but she we just started talking. She asked me if I believed in God. And I said, yes. And she said, have you ever received Jesus in your heart? And I said, um, well, I was baptized as a at three, two and a half or three um, my, by my aunties um, at their Lutheran church. And I loved going to my Sunday school with my aunties and being with my aunties. By the way, just as a side note, my auntie Mar was probably one of the most active in our church, women in our church. She dedicated her whole life to helping people. She was just a beautiful soul. And um, I adored her. And anyway, um, she said, well, would you like to receive him now? You, I'm, I'm, you may have at that time, but do you, if you don't remember it, maybe you're ready now to remember it. Do you want to have that experience? And I remember... I remember the car, I remember the radio on, I remember there was a dry cleaning hanger on the hanging from the the handle next to my head. I, I just remember so much about this 1970s car. You know, it was just, it was so interesting. Um, and I said, okay. And she said, um, and I was, you know, shy, but I said, you know, I said, okay. So she goes, okay, well, I'm gonna run my errand. I'm gonna run in and I'll be right back and then we'll, uh, well, accept Jesus in your heart. And I said, okay. So I sat there in the car for a minute thinking, you know, I didn't know what to think because we, but I was like, I knew something was different. There was something special about this woman. There was something so gentle and so kind about her. There was, it was just a very comforting feeling. That's it for me as an adult to, to tune into that age and what I was experiencing at that time. I just felt safe and I felt comfortable and I felt comforted. And so she came back in the car and she said a prayer and she asked me to accept Jesus into my heart. And I said, yes. And tears just started rolling down my eyes. And, um, and she looked at me and I looked at her and I said, I don't know why I'm crying. I was so embarrassed. You know, as a kid, I don't know why I'm crying. And she said, Oh, oh that's good. That's okay. She's like, that's, that's good. She goes, are you scared or anything? I said, no, I, I just, I don't know why I'm crying. And, um, and she I just remember her touching me on my shoulder and just saying, you know, Jesus is in your heart and is always with you and you are never alone. And, and part of me knew I wasn't because of what I experienced in nature, but there was something in that moment of being able to process it consciously that made that feeling so much more resonant inside of me. And it. It changed, I think it changed my life at that moment because I felt stronger. I went through a lot, a lot of intense um, abuse after, you know, during the in-between years uh, until the day I left. And that experience brought to the surface in a conscious way and gave me the words and the ability to speak to Jesus, to speak and speak up when I was in pain and say, help me, I need you. I need to feel this comfort. I, I need to be comforted. I need that. I need, I need you. 
and I don't know if I would have been able to articulate it because I don't, nobody else in my family had done that. I never saw her again. I don't remember her name. Uh, I, my parents, my mom doesn't have any, I mean, she remembers that I went, but she doesn't remember the circumstance. She certainly doesn't have the experience that I had. Um, wow. You know, she doesn't have that uh, resonance with it. She didn't know, you know, she didn't really go to church very often, didn't really have that connection. So, um, and neither did my stepdad. He was his dad. He was a Baptist, um, and his dad was a deacon. And he was forced, in his words, to go to church sometimes five, six days a week. And so he rebelled uh, against that um, for whatever reason. You know, it was just where it took him. And then he was, like I said, a Vietnam vet, so he had a lot of issues and trauma, and saw things that, uh, you know, were very, very difficult. And I'm sure did things that were very difficult for him to recover from. And um, yeah. So that was that was a turning point in my life. That's when it became very clear that I have a father that nobody can touch. <laughs> yeah, and, God, and how God puts people in the right places at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah God is is so good that way. And that kind of ties perfectly into the into the verse that you uh, had mentioned and that you focus on uh, in your book, uh, Matthew 19, 14. I'm just going to read that uh, very quickly here. And it says, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Why for you has this verse really stuck with you and resonated with you? Mm. Well, because the innocence and what I believe Jesus is saying to us is I live in your innocence, your innocence. When you are innocent, you are more likely to allow me to hear me like these children do to receive me like these children do. This is when your children, I feel the most close to God we are when we're children because we don't have all the world burdening us, the experience of being here, uh, burdening us and clouding sometimes our faith, our, our vision and that connection. It's always there. That light is always there. Just it's like it gets shrouded. And, um, and I've always felt the most connected to God when I'm in that innocence, when I allow myself to connect to that. And I always see that light so bright in children. It's just, and for me, that verse is a reminder to remember, to always remember where your the strength inside of you lives in that innocence, that light. Don't try not to cover it. Remember, the kingdom belongs to such as these. That innocence is what, that vulnerability, that acceptance. Children go into the unknown fearlessly every single day with excitement and joy. Hence they don't go, oh my God. Huh? <laughs> Hence broken bones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even then, yeah. they yeah. don't run from it. They, they, it's because they just know instinctually this is, and, and if you think about it, every moment is an unknown. But somehow we talk ourselves out that something we should be afraid of. It's really where opportunity, where the deepest abundance and expansion of all experiences are, is, is accepting that we don't know everything. It's, again, that wisdom beyond our understanding. If we don't accept the unknown, if we don't live into our innocence and that vulnerability of accepting unknown, then what do we become? We become a product of the world and we build walls around ourselves and between ourselves with God. And it puts ourselves in a in a state of vulnerability that we not the kind of vulnerability we want we become yeah. vulnerable to being more worldly than 
than living as a child of God. And that's, we're always a child of God. It doesn't matter how old we are. So remain in that space of that, that pure, beautiful innocence as we grow up in the world. Remember, you always have that possibility and that gift to lean in and know that your parent, your ultimate parent is always there. And you can always be a child, vulnerable and innocent and free in that space. And it's the best comfort. It really is. Yeah. And it's it's important to remember that God does call us to be like children because he, he brings it up a few times, especially Jesus in the New Testament. He, he loved children. His disciples would try and stop the children from coming to him. And he'd be like, he'd be like no, no, like, let them come. And uh, it's, it is amazing to, to see. And I love, I love seeing it in my own children, just the, the passion sometimes and excitement and, and all that. It, it does rub off on you. <laughs> it does. They just, to, just to be alive, you know, and we get impatient with ourselves. We get, we start, you know, adopting all of these, these behaviors that aren't, that aren't like God is not impatient. God is not impatient. Think about the patience, the love. Think of just, just read about Jesus. <laughs> just read yeah. the New Testament. Yeah. There is no better display of patience, of tolerance, of temperance, of judgment, non, non-judgment, of discernment, because he didn't, he discerned, you know, that moment outside. It's not like Jesus never got angry. It's not like he never, you know, admonished anyone. Look what he did with the Sadducees and the Pharisees outside of the temple through the tables because there's a moment to be strong and to be determined and to speak and be loud with your voice but there's it's always with temperance it's always with a, a, an element of, of kindness and compassion that's that's what he showed this constant ability to to understand how to navigate the human experience and remain on that foundation of kindness, compassion, temperance, tolerance, and at the same time, playing and speaking loudly when you need to. And that's what children do. They say no when when you're hurting them or something you're doing, they speak up because it's hurting them. They're just reacting and responding to a circumstance and they get loud and they get big and they believe what they believe in that moment. And they learn from our guidance and from how God moves our hearts on how to how to be a good steward to the children. But there's, I don't believe there's any bigger responsibility for a parent than to be a good steward, not a dominate dominator, but a steward to this life, because this life is connected to God and the ultimate wisdom lives within all of us. Guiding your child to choose, guiding your child to lean into that and to and to be their own being in this life, their own spirit. That's what that's what I learned in, in reading the New Testament is is Christ just gave us a very clear path to love ourselves and to learn to love others through learning and understanding that you have to love yourself first. You just have to, because if you don't recognize how to love yourself first, then you won't know how to love others. And every single child comes out fully in love with themselves. (laughs) They do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we see so much confusion these days about whether it's gender identity or any of that kind of stuff, we see so much confusion about that. And a lot of that, I think, stems from parents not showing them, you know, 
this is this is how God has designed us. God loves us the way we are. And so much of it, society tells them that they have to change. They have to be like this. They have to they have to be like everybody else. Or now it's you have to be be trans or or gay or bisexual. You have to be this to be accepted. And that's what society and movies and so much of that is throwing at kids these days. And they're bombarded with it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so as parents and Christians, we need to be showing the children that, like I say, love, how to love themselves the way they are, yeah. realizing God designed me this way. But whether you're whether you're Down syndrome, whether you're autistic or or um, they don't call it Asperger's anymore. They have another name for it. But I mean, there's all kinds of different things or you've got some birth defect, like it, it doesn't matter. God loves you the way you are. He thinks you're perfect the way you are. And it's our job as parents to show our children that. And it's our job as Christians to show children that, that you don't have to be all these other things. You just have to be the way God designed you, the way God loves you. And that is a message that Jesus puts through so often in the in the New Testament. Um, but you see it so often, even with the example of God and the Israelites. Every time they turned away, he yes, he punished them. Like any parent needs needs to parent their children, which is something we lack again in these days, is parenting. Uh, you, there is punishment. There There is some correction. Consequences. Yeah, for, for your actions. And yet God still said, okay, come back to me. Like, I, I love you. Come back to me. And when they did, that's when their punishment ended. Like, that, that, that was where it ended because it's like, okay, you've come back to me. Like, yeah. f- you can follow me and I will lead you and I will hold you and, like you say, carry you. And I love the Footprints in the Sand poem. I just think that is such an amazing poem. One of my favorites from all time. Me too. Because oh. it just, it, it does. It speaks to how God just carries us through these situations. And uh, for me as a child, when I read that, it really spoke to me because uh, of all the trauma I'd gone through too. It was like, okay, like God's got me. And there was times where like, same with you, I was ready to end it. I was ready to just give up. But God definitely spoke and was like, you are my child. I love you. And I have got this. Do you trust me? It's like Aladdin. Do you trust me? And that's what god says to us all the time do you trust me like, and you know what you you're hitting on it because i think so many just wonderful wonderful truths truth to me and trust these are are two areas that we we struggle with and as human beings trust seems to be when your trust has been compromised and we i, I really do believe all of us have levels of trust issues that we need to work on from our experiences. And I remember years ago, and I think he said it in the seventies when Billy Graham spoke about um, the breakdown of the family. And he said, this is, you know, he prophesied this, this would happen because when you, uh, when you divorce and it becomes so common and marriage becomes not as sacred and the value structure isn't there, what is going to happen is your children are not going to trust you. You're compromising trust. And I know that's been one of my biggest hurdles because I didn't trust my own parents. How could I, the way they treated me, their parents, they didn't trust their parents because of what they had witnessed as children. And so when we don't give our children that safe place, 
how how can they trust that they are beautifully and magnificently made exactly as they are when they're not seeing their own parents feeling that they're beautifully and magnificently made exactly as they are and and hating on each other angry at each other separating from each other essentially to a child says something's wrong with me so is it surprising that we have a lot of pain and suffering and um and just struggle with self-acceptance in so many ways in our culture and globally, even in our American culture, um, because divorce is what 70 over 70%. It's, it's huge. It's huge. And a lot of, a lot of ch- uh, young adults don't want to get married. They're afraid to have children. And, um, and this is, you know, this is our responsibility. And it, every child comes through a woman, every child comes through a woman. So my, one of my messages is, is ladies, Sisters, remember every man and every woman comes through your body, your vessel, by the grace of God. And if you are loving on yourself and giving yourself that understanding and knowing how wonderfully, perfectly made you are, there will not be another person on this world eventually, on this planet, in this world that does not know that. Because we teach our children, we impress on them where we are. When we love ourselves, when they feel that we love ourselves, they know how to love themselves. That we're impressionable that way. We that's inside of us. We can either choose it because it is the light of God in there. It, it's it's right there. It's creation. It's the way God created the planet. The way we create, you know, the universe. God created, and our bodies are like a universe. The way God created all creation, every birth is like. A universe in many ways when you look at the the way the egg and the sperm come together and how they it's like a planet being created and and here god gives us this gift we have a responsibility to carry that and be aware of the impression and, and the the gift of love that we can give the gift of acceptance that we can give we got to get that right within ourselves as women too um I really believe that it's, it's, you know, obviously all of our responsibility, but it's really a strong call on women because babies come through as they spend nine months inside of us and they are with us so closely and they are getting their sustenance from our bodies to say, to look in the mirror and know every day that you are wonderful and magnificent, magnificently made and that you are love and to love yourself as you are is the best gift you can get any child is that child will go into the world teaching love teaching acceptance, teaching, teaching grace. And, um, yeah, it's just how I feel whenever I feel, I hear about a, a violent man. The first thing I think about is his mother. I don't think about the father. I think about the mother because, and I know the father's involved as well, but I always think about the mother because if a mother is loving that boy, loving herself first, and then loving that boy in the same way, he will love women the way he loved his mother yeah no there will be no domestic violence because they will all be a reflection of that love you'll see it in his mother he'll love women and that's what christ also showed too he just showed that that love yeah the devil knew where to attack he knew that family was was the way to to attack it and that's why a lot of low-income families that it's because so often it's the father's not present uh, whether it's through divorce or whether it is because the father's gone to prison 
Uh, and so the kids don't have that father figure yeah. or in some cases that mother figure in my own case it was that mother figure uh, in their life that really can help them grow um, I was blessed with it with a wonderful stepmother that came into my life to to really help me grow and, and see that that was definitely a blessing uh, from the Lord um, but we need to that both sides we need the father we need the mother uh, like you say so then we can get past a lot of this uh, issue the issues that we see because otherwise it becomes this this cycle of violence or the cycle of prison like it becomes this culture uh, right. that people fall into and uh, God's love is is definitely the way to break that yeah. that cycle and uh, like you say showing the love of our father because like you say there's no better father than God he he loves us so much and um, people can twist things with the bible all they want but they can't get past the truth that god ultimately does love us if you really read and not take things out of context you actually read further into it you see that every action that happened in the bible was a result of god's love and god's directing through yeah. that love and that he wants to have a relationship with us we see that in genesis with the first adam and eve he wanted that communication he wanted that relationship uh and sadly sin has has hindered that and and made it harder for us to see when we when we sin but that's why we need that forgiveness and we needed jesus christ to come to be our our savior to forgive us was so that we could be clean and we could come before god and we can experience his love his glory and uh, ultimately be with him forever because i'm looking forward to that <laughs> so much <laughs> just being in his glory and, and his joy and happiness uh all the time i it's going to be it's going to be such a wonderful thing uh to experience so that really tied in perfectly with with the advice um piece i was going to ask you for advice or something else but i think your advice there for for women was was just perfect uh so thank you for coming on and sharing with us today i really enjoyed this chat uh we'll have to have you back on again to uh follow up with this but uh thank you Thank you. Such a pleasure, Tony. Really beautiful conversation. Blessing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cool Explorations. You've just heard author, actress, and coach Walker Brandt talk about her book, as well as uh, many experiences in her life that have brought her to the point where she's at now and how God has carried her through each and every one of her trials and brought her to the point where she can be a useful tool to help other people and to further the, the kingdom of God and the verse Matthew 19 14 why that verse is so important to her uh, it's been a great conversation I hope you'll enjoy it you can find her at www.walkerbrandt.com if you would like to reach me for any reason you can do so at tpeters745 at gmail.com